Hello, people. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Welcome to the show. Um, This is the first episode. What did we call it? Internet Fried Brains. Says it right up there. The internet fried all of our brains. And uh, we're, uh, we're your hosts. 11 herbs and neuro spices. Yeah. I'm Jason. <laughs> Good. Also, Jort. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sammy. You can call me CyberDesi, too. And I'm Shane. Also, I go by Lord Sedge. Um, this uh, the show is going to be fairly freeform. Uh, the plan is for this episode and future to talk mostly about uh, gaming, about weird stuff in uh, tech and the uh, uh, kind of game tech community, and a section at the end of the show for uh, rabbit holes. We all like to dig into strange and unique stories we see and find online and want to provide a platform for us and for our guests to share those rabbit holes with you. Buckle up, Buttercup. We're going on a four-hour deep dive into World War II. Let's go! <laughs> His name is Shane, and he likes boats. No, uh, just to make Sammy upset, it's going to be a four-hour deep dive on trains. <laughs> I don't have traintism. I don't. It's not my style. It was the funniest thing ever. Just had a random videos. Why am I randomly being subjected to trains? <laughs> I know more about I trains will. than I should purely because of TikTok yep. at this point, which says something about my for you page that we're not going to discuss right now. No, that's that. Could, that <laughs> TikTok for you is going to be its own episode, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but why also, am I a North Sea TikTok? Yeah. And also, I, I too you... would like to appease our Chinese overlords. <laughs> yes, you can have all my data. Um, also, if you have any ideas for the show that you guys want to send in, or if you want to give us feedback, or just ideas, or uh, uh, all heckling is also welcome. You can email podcast at jorts.tech. Uh, for any complaints about the show, you can email nobody. Or you can email yeah, us. We'll act we on them or we it. won't. But uh, we don't be nice. criticism well. No. <laughs> No, it scares us. We're delicate snowflakes. <laughs> just ask the boomers. Uh, so how about we start off with a round of introductions? Uh, Sammy, you want to go first? Introduce yourself uh, a little background. Sure. I was, I'm a, I'm a Wisconsinite. Big old cheesehead there, bud. Uh, I was a console kid my whole life until a few years ago. I got a PC. A friend of mine helped me build mine. And now I am, I'm not like one of those, but I'm definitely a diehard PC person over in that now. No. And uh, my, my brand of tism is dinosaurs and animals. <laughs> Excellent. And then, so we're going to start the show every week with a, uh, a weekly icebreaker. So the, uh, the first episode, we're kind of low, uh, low hanging fruit. What is your favorite game from the pre Xbox live era? So before games were like online or had an experience that was catered specifically to online play separate from offline play. Like what's your favorite offline game? Never games had any plans. Games uh, were better before live service was a thing. The damn internet ruined everything. Uh, based on me having an entire tattoo sleeve of it, I feel like I'll be called out if I don't say Ocarina of Time. And it is Ocarina of Time. That game is great. I know it's definitely a nostalgia-based thing. I play it at least twice a year. I'll go through and beat the game again. Um, now, do you play it on the cartridge or the Switch remaster? 
I have my original GameCube from when I was a kid, and I, I still play it on my... And it's the original game and everything, too. So, oh, nice. Uh, I I hoard all of my old consoles. I, tend to, I, I dig too. them out, and I yep, use those. Same. But I, I would say Wind Waker is a close second. I Well, I have a whole plan oh, Wind for Waker's my basement. Wind terrific. I could yeah, go on. I, I could go in a whole rabbit hole about why and oh, how Wind Waker is mathematically Wind Waker. the best Zelda game. The speed runs of it are just yeah. delightful. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna get me, you know, shot by other gamers. Oh yeah, let's get um, canceled on the first episode. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, I didn't play Ocarina of Time until it re-released on the 3DS. That's fine. I'm totally kidding. That's always allowed. <laughs> Like, it's, it's it's okay it's your childhood sucked and i pity you for that but oh, you know I it's playstation fine. for my childhood oh I your didn't... childhood sucked and i pity you for that I'm but sorry. i had twisted metal i That's had uh, my, mm -hmm. my playstation 2 was one of my favorite christmas presents that i yeah. got my playstation 2 is right over there actually my mine's in the other room is right over there my playstation 2 came with a minivan my parents purchased and one of the things with the van. This was what? remember when there were TVs and minivans. And was like, this a part of Progressive it that I just missed, where they bundle and save at the dealership? They bundled. <laughs> we're fucking... totally. We're, we've already tangented from the inter the introduction. So after this shade, um, you're gonna you're gonna do your intro. But the really short version of this is they bundled a PS2 Slim with the sale of Honda Odysseys as uh, as like a part of the infotainment because the, the marketing for it was the screen is useless if you don't have a console to bring with you. So we're going to sell you a console part of the car and it was bundled with what it. What game did it come with? Was it no, I think it was. I think it was a crash. Uh, I think it was a Crash Bandicoot. Title. Oh, that's yeah. totally fucking oh. fair, though. All right. Yeah, but the problem was the PS2 crash games were, were ass. I was yeah. a Spyro kid over a Same. Crash kid. Yeah. Shane, um, your introduction. Yeah. I, hi, I'm I'm Sedge. Also Shane. I exist. I fly planes for a living. If people would let me fly planes more, <laughs> I keep um, telling you, just go, just go take one from the airport. It's like ducks at the park; they're free. I was just gonna say, is it like ducks at the park? It's like you ducks in the park. It, it is free if you don't get caught. How to pick up a duck? <laughs> I didn't say like, it was easy. I said they're duck. free. <laughs> um, I've been, uh, I have been gaming since 1995. What uh, an oddly old... specific. <laughs> I had to think of when my grandpa started letting me play on the computer in his house. And I'm just like sitting here like, what was that? It's like, no, he stuck me on Red, Bar on, uh, Red Baron 2 in oh, like 1995. Game. Yeah. I've been gaming for a while. Cat. Um, I, uh, I'm a huge Halo fan, if you can't tell by the energy sword box behind me. For the people who aren't watching video, giant... there's an energy sword box yeah. behind and you. And an oh, ODST yeah. banner. <laughs> and an ODST banner. By the way, um, if you're listening, there are video playbacks available. Uh, we will likely be posting them to uh, YouTube, Spotify, and hosting them on uh, jorts.tech slash podcast. Once we figure out how to get Spotify to, you know, let us do video, because I think you have to, like, apply for that. I don't know. Yeah, so I can promise you they'll be on George Star Texas podcast and probably YouTube. 
I would say definitely YouTube. Great. Got that settled. Anyway. Any Um God, you're as... white. <laughs> Sorry. Any woozles. Oh, I, I am also of the Midwestern variety. <laughs> you don't say. Anyway, let's uh, move on right along. Um. Any, Sorry. My, uh, uh, my pre-Xbox Live era game actually was probably like Microsoft Combat Flight Simulator 2. Gee, yeah, are I you into planes? planes. I, I mention that? His tism is the planes. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, it's, it's a so great game. Hard. It's You it, want it to talk about games that just like withstand the test of time. And... Um, there's nothing See, the wrong with is, Flight Sim. It just gets no. better every time they update it. Yeah, it just it gets, gets better. more realistic. Have you right. ever seen the old Flight Sim boxes? Like what it looked like? Oh, it's so funny. Peak of realism. Oh, yeah. It's... To be fair, like a lot of games at its time, the, the, the art was rendered in a way that is improved by being displayed on a CRT as opposed right. to a pixel by pixel. But uh, also, monitor. like, but it like, was also it, it, 480i, yeah, which is an, a rough equivalent to 480p. And I say a rough equivalent because if I say it's equivalent, we will get famous by uh, a bunch of uh, angry nerds on the internet correcting me that 480i <laughs> and 480p are two <laughs> different resolutions. Okay, to be fair, there's you. already going to be a angry. bunch of angry. We're going to have a. Well, there's always going to be angry nerds. Day. That's the whole point of this show. So, like, if you're a nerd say, and you're angry about something that we said, podcast at jorts.tech. Send us send us your concerns so we can address them in uh, in a mail episode. Um, no, but Flight Sims a great game. It, it it's yeah. one of those that just gets better. Well, and now I, again, you can't see it really because it's in a box, but there's a ton of like flight yokes and stuff behind me for like a home sim setup. I can confirm um, for those of you watching the video, there's at least one box behind him. There is at least one. It, at least, you are at least, watching at least on one YouTube. box. <laughs> for those of you watching on YouTube who are, uh, of the OCD variety, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> don't look at my screen. <laughs> look away, children. <laughs> look away. Um, Jordan. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Your intro. So my name is Jason. Uh, I also go by Jort. Uh, I am a uh, tech blogger and uh, IT handyman. I make computers do things and uh, grew up near New York City. I am not from Wisconsin. Uh, I grew up very, very, very close to New York and uh, I have been PC gaming since 2004. I've been playing video games since I was a wee lad, but uh, I... Uh, really switched over and really started like hardcore grinding games uh when i started on pc but my favorite game from like the pre-online era is the world's most functionally perfect <laughs> fps shooter oh my god <laughs> the one 
and only original Doom from 1993. He's right, though. I know he's right. I, I'm aware. It's just, it's the lead up. I love this Doom. This game can be played on Doom accessories. I mean, Doom, it's, it's lean code. It's, it was a brand new experience at the time. Brand-ish new. I mean, Wolfenstein 3D existed, and without Wolfenstein 3D, well, we wouldn't have Doom. Right, like, Wolfenstein is the granddaddy of shooters, but Doom did all the things, like, Doom did the legwork. And, yeah, Doom did the lighting. Doom did the more up-and-down-looking level design. Yep. It, um, it brought Actual verticality to the level design. Yeah. Doom, uh, the, that was one of the, the impressive things about Doom, was that the level existed in three dimensions without existing in three dimensions, which is so incredibly remarkable when you consider the size of the file and the time that it was like, there was no, there was no doom to copy from. They had Wolfenstein yeah. 3d, but it was, it was a, a, a very bare framework at best, but I'll, I'll rabbit hole about what kind of wizardry uh, John Carmack got up to in, in yeah. a future episode. Um, I would have also put Doom 1993 on there, but uh, I was um, I wasn't even allowed to play Diablo when I was that young because it oh, was evil. I didn't play it in 1993. I oh, first I played it. I first played it um, without my dad. We had the uh, we had and still own the worst port of Doom that exists. The Doom Game Boy was, port? No, no. There's actually a worse one. The, the Super Nintendo port? No, the Super Nintendo really? port. Yeah. So for a lot of reasons, it is actually the worst Doom port. Um, the way they imported the code and translated it for the Super Nintendo to run was horribly inefficient. And the available uh, memory cache for the sprites was so low that they had to actually reduce the pixel count for the sprites in order to make it fit the NES cartridge. So just think about that. The original Doom was too high quality fidelity graphics for the Super Nintendo to run. I mean, look So they at had it. to downgrade, they're right. They had to downgrade the graphics of the original Doom just to get it to run on Super Nintendo. And the Super Nintendo controller, right? Do you have one handy or like picture it in your head? Oh, it's just I could go it's grab one. It's just a D-pad and buttons. <laughs> yeah. So how are you looking yeah. left, right, up, and down? Yeah, that's well, a good you, point. You didn't ever look up and down, though. Well, not up it. and down, so rather left and right. Yeah. No, you literally... Oh. Yeah. yeah. You had to use the, ah, because yes. A and X, as much as you would think they'd be mapped to look left and look right, weren't. And custom keybinds didn't exist. Weren't a thing, yeah. That just yeah. wasn't a thing. So I then first experienced Doom at the LAN Cafe um, when I started gaming on PC in 2004. Fair. I'm... I actually never did Doom growing up, but I did do Turok. Oh, what a Turok's great a good game. One. Great game. All right. So should we move on to the first topic? And uh... I'm moving right along. Yeah. I have one thing to say about Doom, though. Okay. I'll because... always allow it. <laughs> That's yeah. always Hi, allowed. Welcome to one of the first times in this entire show's lifespan that uh, we will talk about Doom. 
Um, I, I've seen a lot of people wonder if the OG Doom, like, by standards, holds up. Because a lot of people, you know, when they play Doom, they play the uh, console version of it yeah. on the Switch or Xbox, whatever. Yeah. The Steam Not port the OG is very PC. popular. Yeah, the Steam port's really popular because they add those good quality of life things. But if you think about it, I, I was playing Doom inside of Doom 3's BFG edition where you have to use WSD to move the arrow keys to aim. Yeah. It's still fine. Like, it plays fine. Yeah. Um, there are a hundred people playing the Steam port of Doom as of six minutes ago. And I, I will say that, like, yes, playing Doom with the Brutal Doom mod makes it way better. Oh, because yeah. Because it takes Doom and turns it into Doom 2016. But if you just want, like, OG Doom... Great experience. It, it's still going to play exactly like it did in 1993. And it's not one of those games where, oh, I remember this being better. You know, it's exactly like you remember it. I'll rabbit hole on why Counter-Strike is like that on a future episode. Oh, boy. We'll make Counter-Strike a topic in the future. Um, by the way, if we're going to start establishing a bingo card, I think the first square on the bingo card for the show is going to be us putting down a future topic that we never address. <laughs> oh, that's a very good idea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should put a bingo card list together. Um, uh, the, bingo, the bingo card list, Sedge mentions being a pilot, Doom <laughs> is mentioned, and a future episode topic is written down. But I'm never, it never addressed. Again. Terrific. Uh, while you do that, uh, I'll start in on our first topic of the week, which has been addressed by a lot of people, but deserves all the coverage it can possibly get. Blue Scooty. Uh, Blue Scooty, man. a 13-year-old uh, YouTube streamer, not a Twitch streamer. I found out he was banned on Twitch because they caught him streaming when he was too young. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did hear about that. And I don't know if he's allowed. I mean, they'd be stupid not to allow him on, um, even though he has a, you know, he's been banned in the past. Um, as from a revenue standpoint, they'd be dumb not to not to have him on and just take I advantage agree. of some of this hype. They can ban him later if they want to, and they'd like be evil corporate overlords. We expect them to be because if he doesn't, thirty-four-year-old game. Yeah, if Twitch doesn't pick him up, kick will. But Blue Scooty is the first human being to uh, to play Tetris so hard that the game crashes. There's a 40-minute YouTube video that we highly recommend that rabbit holes down the uh, detailed explanation of how and why this game is considered beatable when the final level level 255 does not result in a congratulations or game over screen but if the game is capable of reaching level 255 it goes back to level zero and continues on it just if you cycles. want a smaller video as well i actually watched it on um a channel called a game scout it's like a 15 minute video oh, that he covers all the details in yeah. very well and i i do recommend that video if you want like a bit a deep dive that's not 40 a minutes. big time yeah <laughs> um so blue scooty became the first uh the first human player to uh force an error in the game's code i think it was a level 157 55 uh he did it in 157 but it was he, initially supposed to, be it was 155, supposed to be 155 but he messed up the actual tetris yeah he played the game too well yeah 
And he was supposed to get one line cleared, but I think he got either three or four. Yep. So then he and he didn't know when the next chance he had yeah. was to do it. So he just continued playing, which he was setting him, a record. Imagine trying yeah. to read chat. Imagine, oh, he couldn't. Yeah, you can't you do can't. it. You can't look away. So for some context, um, chat, if you've ever played Tetris, uh, the highest level I've ever gotten to, uh, I've ever made it, is uh, 37. Is the fastest the level initially... I've ever made it to. Yeah, the game initially, what happened was in level 29 was like known as like the end game level because yeah. it was the highest speed that the game reached. Um, and back when, back in the day, when the, the way the game was set up and the controllers and the buttons and everything, couldn't go faster than that. Yeah. And then in 2011, they, um, they, somebody managed to get to level 30 by coming up with a new like button technique called hyper tapping. Yeah. It was a whole thing. And then... Uh, I think it was, yeah, 2020, uh, a new guy named Cheese, we love Cheese, we love cheese. Developed, developed a whole new technique uh, called the rolling technique, which is just insane to me. I tried you doing it the other in, day. You need to look into it and like watch the videos on this because it's, they, it's they roll the controller between their fingers, essentially like putting it between their foot and their leg and then rolling the controller up and down uh, with their fingers like... Like I don't know how to, it looks it weird. Like, it's it like, works. <laughs> well, for those of you who play guitar, it's like yeah, uh, it's like speed picking on a guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by doing that, they're able to hit the buttons just rapidly quick. You're using and the spring so tension. The high score, it comes down to using the spring tension of the mechanical yeah. switch that powers the Nintendo uh, Entertainment System controller, and it's only possible because the NES controller uses an an, an analog uh, mechanical switch. This, yeah. is the, yeah, this would not be possible with a memory. Like a, like and so Xbox at this point, the, yeah. the HyperTap people had gone hard. So they bunch of different records were being set, but the highest that they managed to get to was uh, level 63. And really quickly after Cheese came out Which with the Which is insane, technique, by the way. As a reminder, yeah, the human, the human finger, one single human finger is not capable of pressing the button enough times to move the piece left oh, even you a know. single square. By the time Those it hits the bottom of the grid. Up. Has to be. Well, it's not their um, thumbs. It's their, that's why they wear gloves. If you notice, they all these, all these the guys rolling, wear gloves yeah. Yeah, went, mm -hmm. uh, to play. But the, the high score or the highest level then made a huge jump from level 63 to 95. Mm -hmm. And then a huge, another rapid jump happened and where it went from 95 to 146. And the issue becomes is colors. The yep, game doesn't the game know how to color the pieces. <laughs> and there's some levels where all the pieces are black. They called yeah. it the charcoal level. You can't see where charcoal. things are going. It's just super messed up. So you go from playing Tetris to playing Speed Tetris to playing Speed Tetris on crack to playing <laughs> Speed Tetris on crack in your head. Because, yeah, I mean, it, before the before the all-black one, they had one that they called Dusk, where the colors were just Almost very black. muted. And, yeah, it was very difficult, yeah. like greens and Slightly and lighter black. And, and it was super messed up. And then, yeah, so I, I forget the name of the guy. I'm so sorry. I should have written it down. But he came out with, like, the code uh, explaining the different percentage chances you had at different levels on how to get, like, how to the force the game kill. to crash. How to, yeah, to force the crash. And so one one player decided to start. He started streaming every single night. Um, he actually, in one night, he started streaming. Blue Scooty heard night. about it. Yeah, it was the Blue first Scooty night. Then, yeah. yeah, Blue Scooty then did it 
uh, that first night as well. And Who, he by got the way, he's not just like some play. random kid. He's like a competitive Tetris player. He's a huge competitive Tetris player. He's been like shooting. He's like a, a like rocket ship rising star in the competitive Tetris He says that Tetris he practices space. three to five hours a day playing Which, Tetris. Mind you, that's what like normal. That's what athletes I mean, do. Yeah, that's athletes or musicians. Three to five hours a day in Tetris. That yeah. kid must it's dream like, the, the, the music. At some point, do you just like mute it and it's like, I never want to hear this song again? Oh, God. I, yeah, I, you I, must have, like, so. I would have to play other EDM. It was, I, I'm pretty sure it was on in his stream, though. So, <laughs> yeah, but that just because it's on in his stream doesn't mean he hears it. That's Wait, a you good gotta remember, point, so he's because a, a big part of this competitive community is it has to be on original hardware. So, he is capturing an NES, he's capturing yeah. the console, he's not emulating it. Yeah. Right, so he he's running this because I don't know how many of you are familiar with the NES. Uh, it's a younger crowd that's watching this. Um, it doesn't have normal inputs. It doesn't have normal analog, video inputs. It's, it's analog it is a output. Cable is a cable output. Like goes into where your cable plugs in in the TV. So he has to have a cable to HDMI converter. There's to be. There is sure actually some hardware. It, well, but... so th there's there's bespoke hardware for this now because oh, yeah. the the retro game community, thanks to the prop uh, propensity of 3D printing, and custom PCBs becoming cheaper and cheaper, and um, it's called FPGA chips, which are fully programmable grid array chips, okay. uh, becoming more available, and even Raspberry Pis. There are a lot of people who are building converter card devices uh, specifically to capture analog uh, that's fair. analog media. That's that's okay. fair. Um, also, I just want to touch base on this because we're talking about forcing the crash a lot and yeah. why that means that he beat the game. For, for those of you who, again, talking to more of the younger crowd here, um, for old arcade games, Tetris... Uh, Donkey Kong, Galaga, um, any of those old arcade games, they only had so much memory that they could uh, use before the actual computer like couldn't handle anymore. And it forced what was called a kill screen, and that's how you beat the game. These games didn't have an end condition. The developers never thought people would get this far. Right. So they didn't program it to go this far. That's why the colors start glitching and things like that as well. Right. Because you, you have to think, these games were originally weren't originally designed for the home console. Mm -hmm. They were designed as arcade cabinets. Cabinet. Which, you know, eventually you're going to run out of quarters. Yeah, well, and again, they, they were expecting nobody to get past level twenty-nine because it was right. faster than anybody was going to be able to do it. Then that was a that was a pipe dream. It was inconceivable on the original hardware. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, the the fact that uh, he was able to do this. Did speedrunning even exist? Was yeah. speedrunning? Uh, like no. I know people speedrun. I know sure. a lot of people have been speedrunning the Super Mario franchise for ages. But when did the when did Super Mario speedrunning really start? I am sure that you can't really say that there would be an official thing because there's no way 
that there wasn't people at arcades that were between them and their friends mm -hmm. trying to get to things quickly. I would call and consider that. I mean, the Pac-Man kill running. screen has been, you know, Pac-Man um, is only playable in arcade cabinets. And well, yeah, that one totally is... glitches out and shuts down. <laughs> and so you just get you just get hex code on the right side of the screen. It's yeah. insane. You're not, you're not beating that. I can't get that. Get, get your bingo cards out, kids, because. <laughs> uh... I looked it up. When did speedrunning like the community affect? Because people, yeah. again, like you guys said, people have been speedrunning before the night before the nineties. Yeah, I mean, yeah, back shit, in the they had like gaming people tournaments to see who could score the most points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to know what game started speedrunning? Oh. I bet you know. Please tell me it's Laser Shoot. Is it Laser Doom? Suit Larry? It's Doom. It's, no, Doom? it's Doom. Let's go. It's Doom. Leisure Suit Larry, that's where you take it. I thought it was going to be something you, really weird. How do you? Yeah, no, you speedrun Leisure Suit Larry. The first one to come wins. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good God. Anyway, so the new, the next step now, the, the Tetris battle isn't over. No. Uh, the newest thing that they're going to do, it sounds like, on um, the stream community is going Max to be. Max efficiency. Avo no, avoiding crash mm. getting as far as they can in the game while avoiding having crashes because again this guy i really should have looked his name up um came out with all those percentages throughout all the levels up to like i think he did like 239 or something like that and so there is a way to get that far without crashing it and i believe that's and the next step tool in, in this it's been stream. proven that with tool assisted runs that are pre-programmed yeah. pre to avoid the scenarios that force a crash can bring the game to level 255 which means it's which then restarts it right and it's that's the way that, that they, you're gonna walk out that. together yeah yeah that way like you didn't beat the game but the game didn't beat you either it's, you it's a win-win scenario you both yeah. win they're both good which, um but i'm curious where this is gonna Boris go then for Tetris games like will look down on you from the heavens and smile <laughs> I don't know who invented Tetris, but I know it was a Boris Russian guy. I'm just assuming his Tetris. name is Boris Tetris. I want fan art of Boris Tetris. But I'm curious where this is going to go then for games like Frogger or Teenage mm -hmm. Mutant Ninja Turtles, Battletoads. Like, can we crash? Every we crash ex GameStop employee listening to this show just had a flashback. Hi, <laughs> the ex GameStop employee on the show. <laughs> I was, hey, I worked at GameStop too. It was horrible. Excuse don't. Me? Do you sell Don't battle toads? Don't have oh. boobs and work at a GameStop. I just I'm no. telling Don't you now, if you're GameStop. considering it, don't. Don't work at a GameStop in general. Just don't do it. You'll work at a friendly yourself. local game store instead. I'm yeah, sure there's a local that would be store lovely. by you that sells new and used games, and they could use the help more than GameStop. We and have a lovely you. one in Wisconsin Reddit called Universal Collectibles. Reddit will make sure GameStop stays in business fan. forever because if GameStop runs out of money, Reddit, uh, a bunch of angry morons on Reddit run out of money. So they'll just keep throwing money at GameStop. You don't need to help them. Hold on. I'm so sorry. I have to. I was working at GameStop when that all happened. Oh, good God. And I had people call. I can't make this shit up. I had two people call me and inquire about how they purchase stocks. And it, like the one, yeah, one, it was a lady, one of them. And she was like, yeah, do I come in if I want to buy stocks or can I do that over the phone? And I was like, what, do you just do that to Walmart too, Target? Like, how do you think this works? 
I'm, obviously, I didn't say that. I'm, you know, working there at the Excuse time. Excuse me, like, Mr. Not- J.P. Morgan. I want to buy <laughs> some stocks of your bank. Is that how stocks work, ma'am? I'm like, geez, it was a terrible time to be working at GameStop. Is there ever In a what? good time to be working at GameStop? Yes, during the release of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, okay, yeah, that's one of the fair. greatest times to work at GameStop. That's you get fair. to crush so many little children's dreams. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You need a parent with you to purchase that game. No, I, I, okay. I know I've told you guys this story, but just for the sake oh, of absolutely. this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I've said this on the old show, so uh, just as a aside, this will be posted under, um. On, under our old show's link, uh, Gaming Casual, which is dead now. Long live um, internet fried brains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've definitely told this story on the show, but I was working at GameStop when GTA 5 released, which I now realize was like 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm old. Or scared. more. <laughs> and that makes me sad. Uh, I had, like, the stereotypical soccer mom and her six-year-old son who puts Grand Theft Auto V on the counter. And the mom looks at me. She's, like, in her purse looking for something. Like, my son would like to buy this game. And I look, and I'm like, ma'am, do you, do you know what is on this game? Like, what this game entails? He's like, I don't know. He said his dad said it was okay. Okay. Well, because you're the one who's here. And I, I unveil the Rolodex on the back. <laughs> because Grand Theft Auto, if you can think of it for the ESRB rating, Grand Theft Auto is rated for it. Um, It's rated the whole alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that Grand Theft Auto isn't rated AO is astonishing at this point. But... Uh, they're a platform. There's a, the reason that they uh, they they very carefully tell that line because they can't sell it on some platforms if they go that route. Yep. Yeah, I know. Luckily, Steam isn't one of those platforms anymore. Um, Too bad we're still not getting GTA 6 on PC. Not it's for not at, least at launch. a year after launch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is stupid. But that's the subject for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I unveil like the Rolodex of things, like, um. And she's like, well, I thought you said this was a racing game. I'm like, and this is where the kid looks at me. There do be cars. This is where the kid looks at me and does the whole like, don't, don't. What are you doing? Like, ma'am, there is a scene where you tape a car back, where you attach jumper cables to a man's testicles in this game. It is an a scene that is always in the game. And there's, like, un- there's no way around yeah, you, it. You can skip it, but by the time you can skip it, it it's it's too late. <laughs> yeah, he's already they're already on his. Ball. He's already screaming by the time you can yeah. skip that cutscene. <laughs> and the mom looks at me and goes, "Really? Is this is something they they make for children?" It's like, no, ma'am, this game isn't for children because, of course. But it's a they, video game. Yeah, like, ma'am, this game isn't for children. This game is for grown adults. <laughs> And the kid looks, well, 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 all me and my friends are going to do is race cars. I'm like, sure, bud. Uh-huh. And yeah. the mom looks at him and she's like, thank you very much. 
and walk and like grabs the kids like we are going home and we are talking to your father i'm like oh no i caused a divorce it's beginning and I to will look go. like christmas and i will say what i said the first time you tell that story is one day that boy is going to become a super villain yeah you started that was his art oh, this is gonna be He's going to be on YouTube scrolling through, find this and go, that son of a bitch. <laughs> it's that motherfucker. He's going to nuke the fucking moon and it's your fault. <laughs> Wherever you are, random kid from GameStop, I'm glad I can be part of your supervillain origin story. You know, that means you're like the first to die or the last. Yeah, he has yeah. a very particular set of skills. <laughs> a good run. All right, he will find you. <laughs> I'm a millennial. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, like nothing's killed me yet. Come on, <laughs> I want you to try. Absolutely. All right, to move over to our next topic, then let's uh, let's do a little bit of retrospection. It is currently January 11th at the time of recording, and we just went through a very interesting year of games. 2023 had, I think, the greatest and single worst games of the last 10 years both came out last year. Oh, yeah. There is... I there think is some... we... I mean, there's a lot of contenders for, like, what is the, the, the most hilariously worst game of 2023? Okay. And a lot of people have said the day before. Well, let, let's... Because let's it's just a get rug. The day <laughs> let's get the day before out of the way to start with here. Yeah. The day before wasn't, like, yes, it was a game... That but it existed. wasn't a game. But it wasn't anything. It wasn't what the devs promised. Yeah. It wasn't. I didn't even buy the damn thing. I just watched. Yeah. I watched people try to defend this game. Like, it's not that bad. My guy. Weird. It took you 38 bullets to kill one person mm -hmm. in a tactical milsim game. Yeah. My contender we're, is. We're the... skipping over. Sorry. Continue. Mm -hmm. Oh no, we're, we're 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 getting to this one. Mine is uh, oh, yeah. the rise of Kong. Yeah, that's was... where I was gonna go. Rise okay. of Kong, hilarious. Yeah, and then also that JPEG the, the Gollum game and the Gollum game. The Gollum oh, game, I think, might deserve worst game because they actually tried. They were trying. They were really bad at it. I... That's that's a good point. They 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 actually put effort into it versus Rise, Rise a, of Kong a, was done a just to... in it. There's a JPEG in a goddamn cutscene. Rise of Kong could be a rabbit hole because the that game's existence is a weird contingency of a contract in order to maintain ownership of that IP. Yeah. So that game was never meant to be a game. And the day before, I would argue, is also never meant to be a game because it was I it this was is illegal. all alleged. It was all alleged, but it's allegedly a rug pull. Oh God! I um, heard about all that. Allegedly, actually, yeah. um, I think Coffeezilla did a whole big thing on yeah, it. That's the video I yeah, watched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch his video. Do your own research. Make your own opinions. But we're gonna now move move over and talk about the best thing to happen to video games in the last ten years. Can I can I mention though? Since we yeah. just mentioned the worst. Yeah. Two of the games that were not well received this year were both Lord of the Rings games. Oh, yeah. Because uh, obviously Gollum exists, which, by the way, Gollum is up to mixed reviews on Steam. I just, yeah, I just looked it up as well. It is still $50. Yeah. It also has the DLC. The studio doesn't exist. 
it's they it's sixty dollars with the DLC. Down. Where's the money going? L, Gabe. <laughs> no, it all goes to Gabe. It's funding his next submarine. <laughs> no, it's finally funding Half Life Three. Don't yeah, say that. Yeah. Don't get their hopes up. No, I can't get their hopes up because Valve just not just uh took Valve down doesn't two do things in threes. Valve can't count to three. One, Valve two, Alex. Two like fan projects. One was porting Team Fortress 2 to the new source engine. Yeah. And I forget what the other one was. Well, there was a fan was project. A I actually one. just got done beating it. It was Portal uh, Revolution. And yeah. if you oh, yeah. are interested in it, it was I had a delightful time. It's a little off because obviously it's not like really professional voice acting. It's still decent. It doesn't feel fully Valve, but it was it was very good. Lots of new um, cool. puzzle concepts and mechanics. And I enjoyed it. And it's free. So why wouldn't you play it? Fair. But okay, so here's the difference between that one and like the Team Fortress 2 one from the very little research that I've done on it. Yeah. Because I read one article. Mm -hmm. Valve isn't normally one that knocks fan projects down. Mm -hmm. Correct. Valve's very big on like, yeah, no, do your thing, man. You do it, man. I don't want to. <laughs> the only problem was they were like remaking assets for Source 2. Yeah. For mm. the new Source engine for the Team Fortress 2 one. Uh, where that Portal one was in Portal 2's engine. Yeah, mm -hmm. with Portal 2's assets, so they weren't having yeah. to make anything new. So oh, was it just like not a copyright issue? Yeah, exactly. yeah. You're not infringing yeah. on it. Comes so. in, it comes down to fair use. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So now, if I suppose we can circle back to worst later, but yeah, let's talk about that game. You Baldur's know, the best Gate game. Three, the greatest yeah. thing to happen to video games, and at least since since GTA Five. I, I, yeah, I would argue since Skyrim, but yeah. I think GTA um, 5 had more players than Skyrim. That's why I went that route. Yeah, but Skyrim has more remakes. True. I did Skyrim pull up. Skyrim Resident Evil 4 have more remakes. I pulled up. We're going to get a new Skyrim winners. every year, forever. Until but I it's always going to be the same Skyrim. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I pulled up some Game of the Year's uh, mm -hmm. winners okay. from previous years. Because I wanted to see opinions on how they held up and versus, you know, Baldur's Gate and everything. So we'll, we'll go in, in order of, of year. Yeah, pick a couple so of 2001, years, yeah. 2001, we have Grand Theft Auto 3 was game of the year. That game did not hold up. Nope. <laughs> no. I put side notes at the ends of all of them. That's the only one I didn't put any side notes on of like why I like this one. No, okay. So here's the thing. Grand Theft Auto 3 was great when it came out because it brought Grand Theft Auto into the 3D space. Mm -hmm. Going back to play that San Andreas or Vice City in the modern era after playing games with modern fucking controls, it's like going back and playing GoldenEye. I it's just remembered as shit. I just remembered Grand Theft Auto was a top-down 2D game. Yeah, yeah. Remember oh that? Oh my when god! Grand Theft Auto was top-down. I just, I was just instantly transported back to the eighth grade, playing a copy of that I had stored he in the USB his, he stick. He had his Ratatouille moment, right? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like sitting here is like I was sitting in the library playing. <laughs> Oh my, oh, oh my gosh! 
Shane just pulled up his fucking Game yeah, the Boy. The actual cart, the Game Boy Advance Arch. cartridge. Oh Handy. my god. You For fucking nerd. <laughs> Which was right, next, top down, by the way. Next yeah. one. 2007. Mm -hmm. It definitely deserved Which, Game of the Year that year, though. Yeah. That year? Yeah. I would yeah. agree that that year, huge. Yeah. 2007, which this game I have a very soft spot for, was Bioshock. Oh, fuck. Bioshock definitely still... Absolutely. I'm sorry, Halo 3 fans. I stand by this one, too. I think Bioshock was the best game that okay. came out that year. I'm sorry. Halo 3 was good. As, as somebody who is a Bioshock was considered one of the first initial first person shooter games where the story was just as important as the visuals. Yep. Yeah. It was it was just was so fantastic. well done. Oh and my god, I loved it. And the cosplays that came out. In the in modern the style. Age, mm. In the in the in the modern age of gaming, right? Like I could boot up Bioshock right now on my computer. Bioshock Remastered. And it still oh, yeah. looks nice. It looks it still beautiful. looks good. It plays good. The story's and still great. Story's I don't think good. anything aged poorly. I on have it. one gripe with Bioshock Infinite, and it's that the lighting does not render properly in DirectX 11 and DirectX 12, well, and you can't roll it back. That's infinite, though. I this know. Is, Bioshock is Remastered? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue that I would... If you gave me a choice between Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite there's nothing in between those two and don't nope. you lie to me and tell me that there is nope um between bioshock and bioshock infinite i will take original bioshock any day of the week 100 percent. infinite was good bioshock's yeah. better um what year do we so, have next mm -hmm. the year that we have next is 2012 are we supposed to be comparing Baldur's gate 3 to these yeah we are we're gonna we're building up to like okay. what what has made game of the year game of the year and then we're gonna talk about why Baldur's gate 3 yeah. is even better and more deserving than all of them i i didn't particularly love this one we're in 2012 now mm -hmm. i did love it it's just not, it wasn't like the kind of game i was into at the time i didn't play it also when it came out uh the walking dead the telltale a telltale game. game. Oh, oh. Yeah. I was like, a a okay. telltale I, game. I can't Winning game it. of the year is That's huge insane. To me. A visual novel. Um, yeah. Well, that and that kind of leads back to what we were into at in 2012. Yeah, it was is also That's huge. when the story-based game. That's when When did That's when more like narrative focused games were becoming the big thing. So you had The Walking Dead. Heavy rain. Uh, fuck, what are those it's, other David Cage games? Do you know why that happened? Because we all got sick of war. Graphic fidelity had plateaued. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll do it, too. Think about what generation we're talking about. That's Xbox 360 era, right? Yeah. How long was the Xbox 360 the primary console? That's I I love my 360. I have it X, sitting like, next time to time between <laughs> Xbox original and Xbox or sorry, Xbox 360 and Xbox Series one. X. Yeah. Oh, one. Like, sorry. The 360 right. had the longest lifespan. It was uh, I mean, it was a oh great. We God, still yeah. run ours. It, it's Who's nothing that? more than a very nice uh, Netflix machine at this point. But yep. <laughs> 2005 to 2016. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a run. run where graph graphics plateaued everything looked great so yeah, how do you sell you, your game that's you get a you write a damn good story yep. yeah yeah 
Well, then I would sorry. like to point out that 26, sorry, Sammy. Mm -hmm. I'd like to point out that 2016 is uh, when they discontinued production. Okay. That, so that there was still end selling of support. Them. Yeah. That was the end of the production runs. Because that was the year they launched the Xbox One. Yep. Was it? Yeah, 2016. Okay. Yeah. Because the With last model of the. Oh, yeah. Yep. Then moving on to <laughs> 2015, which I. This great game, Witcher 3. Oh, yeah. Absolute put, classic. Put, put the baby in the oven. Mm hmm. You like it's. Good. There's so much of that game. That game. That game is so influential that it's a, they, a remarkable they story. Reshot, they recreated a scene from it in the Netflix adaptation. Well, the also bathtub. Henry Cavill is just a oh, nerd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but and that he, bathtub it scene didn't exist. Him, I, as far that. as I know, it doesn't exist in the books. But I haven't read the books, and I'm sure it'll be corrected in an angry email. But <laughs> if it does exist in the books, awesome. As far as I'm aware. It's a shot-for-shot shot remake of the cutscene. From my understanding, yeah. And from what I'm aware of, Henry Cavill likely insisted on that. He had to. Uh, He's such a yeah. little nerd. I love that man. Absolutely. I'm, I can't wait I to see so his Warhammer good. stuff. I'm very excited for that. I literally oh just got some of the books for Warhammer because I want like I, I want that knowledge. You, you like want I the, want you want the background on it. Exactly. I mean, I've yeah. read all of the Halo books. And I love them very dearly, and I'm ready to start a new a new journey in the Warhammer world. The great journey. The, the I, great journey. The great journey is upon us. At least Halo has happy moments. There really isn't much happiness in 40k. It's all it's grim, dark, and everybody dies. I'm here for it. Except yeah. uh, even in Halo, the, the, the when people die. Oh, I'm not gonna do any spoilers, but there's some characters in those books that I cried hard and alex would come cry. home and i would be in my li in the living room and i would just be <laughs> crying <laughs> and shane actually this lovely asshole spoiled a death for me um it was, was uh it, was it i can't i'm not gonna spoil who it was dies in case people are actively reading these books it's dumbledore but you did listeners. ruin a death for me oh right i did okay in my defense no I defense it's indefensible. Okay. Moving on. No, Baldur's Gate anger. 3. Greatest game. Baldur's Gate 3. Fair enough. <laughs> Greatest yeah. game. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, Shane, go. Witcher, you go first. I was going to say, putting The Witcher right before Baldur's Gate 3 is interesting because mm -hmm. The Witcher, obviously touted by CD, by fans for its narrative, uh, the narrative gameplay, the fact that you actually had to, like, put thought into your narrative morality. choices. Your choices yeah. matter. And your morality where your choices actually mattered to the story. It wasn't just... The, the good thing about it was it wasn't like the Telltale games where your choices mattered and morality was a thing. Like, you actually, like, had moral decisions. Like, yeah, I could kill this this thing, but it's sentient. Well, there was that guy. What was his name? The, the one who was suicidal throughout it. Yeah. And you had the chance to... I mean, that really puts a big impact on you as a player and yeah. puts you in yeah. a very uncomfortable situation um, which isn't something Bioware, you expected out of games yeah like, it's not since bioware not since not mm -hmm. since bioware's heyday because not, um, not modern bioware no no god no <laughs> not any modern day games because i'm guessing people will be sitting here well 
Starfield. No, shut the hell we'll, up. We'll talk next next the next episode. We're gonna talk about AAA gaming. Stay tuned. Yeah. Get those bingo cards ready. Yeah. <laughs> um. Baldur's so, Gate 3, though, just they put so much of their hearts and souls into the game. And that's what like and I would that's why I would equip it like with the Witcher and everything. Yeah, you can tell that the developers really loved everything that they were doing with their mm -hmm. whole heart and soul. Even I mean, God, the voice actors. Oh, my Neil. <laughs> Did you see yeah. somebody ask Shadow Hearts voice actress what mm -hmm. she loved most about Baldur's Gate 3? Her response was, "Well, I met my girlfriend on the set." Oh, yeah. Or while, while while recording, their streams playing together are some of my favorite content on Twitch. She's romancing it herself in the game, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. It's I, so I, funny. Her watching her get so into romancing Shadowheart. I hate how I'm. I'm blanking on his name right now, but the voice actor for Gale. I hate how Gale he is. Like, he really, all oh, of them are very uh, much just Tim, them, you know? Tim Downey. Yeah. They're all very much them, and it's just so They good. are, like, uh, <laughs> listening to some, like, Samantha Bayart has that, like, the, the cuddly Carlac energy in yeah. everything I've seen her in. Um, I mean, we could go down a rabbit. I was like, I think perfect casting is maybe a good, a good spot. It's a combination of, I think, perfect casting and the conscious choice to mocap every single dialogue line. Yeah. And that was besides the I think mocap, that helped a lot. There's idle dialogue that tells you even more contextual information. And there's, just in general, too, yeah. the amount of dialogue options. You a different race can change everything. You can play I've played oh that game God. I think seven different times now. I've beat it twice, but mm -hmm. I've gone through other playthroughs. Yeah. Seven different times now, and each time it has been so wildly different for me. I'm finding new things every found, single time. I found and a that's... line that exists only if you are a Lothsworn Drow, Dark Urge character background, romancing Minthara. That's such a detail. Like it's so god. And it's it. and like every other line in the game, fully motion captured. Shane, what were you saying? I. He I forgot. don't know. I was gonna the add ADHD. something. ADHD. I was I was googling something about his Shadow window Hearts. was open mm. and the thought flew right out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but no, you're the good. casting and it, the it and the motion capture. Mm. Um, God, hysteria. The, <laughs> the fact that Baldur's Gate three right mm -hmm. comes out in a time where we, as gamers, are struggling to find things that make us want to keep going yes and and you and i were talking about this uh earlier with call of duty because mm -hmm. we're both big first person shooter players halo call of duty all that i can't willingly i i don't want to willingly boot up halo anymore i found I myself really playing it more often but only when the networking um beta test playlists were on and um since they took it out i have found the game remarkably less right. enjoyable again well the game has that horrible networking call of duty is just i can't do the add movement of call of duty man it's a combination of the add movement in call of duty uh progression speed being artificially reduced to almost zero 
and the game just constantly screaming at you, give us your money. Give us more of your money. Just give all, all of your money to us. Well, why why, th this, not... why didn't you give us more of your money? Don't you want the Black Cell Battle Pass? It's only $30. And that's the thing. Like, even games that aren't that, like, uh, I guess this isn't really a good example, but Blizzard relaunching oh. Overwatch with Overwatch 2, mm. locking characters behind paywalls. Yeah. Like, you... Or you guys South Park might be doing Alan. that too. South you Park's going to be both... locking classes behind uh, the deluxe version of the game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's. I I brought it up. Mm -hmm. Um, South Park's no date. Sorry, I'm just going to. I'm going to. Yeah, uh, he pinned it. Team right now, to, so we could talk to about bring it. Bring it okay. up. Um. Oh, um. So the digital deluxe edition. Includes cosmetic packs, weapon types, and a new game mode. Yep. Behind now, the what that game mode is, we game. don't know yet. There's, there's no, yeah. there's no real answer and yet. Knowing South Park, it could be something really that stupid. Is just taking like the big head mode out of everything. Mm. Like a classic big, big head mode. mode. Classic big, big head, head mode, mode strikes classic. me as like right up that right up there. Right. Remember when like, you remember when games had cheat codes that did nothing but make the oh, game but funner? I them. Like big head mode. The, the old head Lego games, yeah. Higher. You could do big head mode, just funny outfits and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Legos had the best. Those red bricks. Mm -hmm. Where like I lived for that shit, man. <laughs> like, yeah. You mean I can have everybody just run at twenty times speed? I'm in. Let's yeah. go. It's goofy. It's silly. Yeah. Give everybody um, tails. Bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. We could do it with mods but, now, but. Yeah. yeah I mean, it just doesn't it's feel the same. Thing. It's not it's baked not the in. same as sitting there. You I started know, modding. It's uh, not compatible like, and up, baked down in. Left, right, left, right, PA start. Right. I started using mods for Stardew Valley for the first time. I had been avoiding it. But I've been really craving Stardew, and he's coming out with an update soon. And not uh, soon, quotes. Um, soon, yeah. soon. Uh, it, but I, it, so I didn't want to like start a new vanilla playthrough all over again. Then he releases this new farm, and I've already Stardewed out. So yeah. I thought I would, I would do the mods for the first time. I had a delightful time for the first hour, but then the mods went to my head, and I was like, well. I can just get whatever items I want. I can do all these things. And then immediately, I think I had another 35 minutes until I cheated to the point where I no longer was having fun of the game anymore. Like mods are just too Baldur's much Gate power. With that me. many mods on. And I don't think I would enjoy the game with make it easier mods. No, I didn't. I I thought for a second Not it would be nice. Not that they're bad. I want to really clarify before again we get flooded with yeah. hate mail. I, don't think I thought it bad. would be nice to just like just fill like out the um, community center and everything and get it done right away. But then that's like the whole point of your first year of the game. And so it's just, yeah. I am not, I don't have the reserve, the resolve to do mods un, unfettered like that. I yeah. will just go overboard too quickly. Right. And I mean, again, it just doesn't bring that same amount of of joy that entering the code does. The journey is other the... Games, the journey is the destination. It's that right? it's yeah. that immediate um that immediate satisfaction of seeing like the money going up but not long term. It's like yeah. now I'm sad because I'm rich and I don't have to do any of these things. That it's is like the actual part of the money? game. Oh shit. Eat the rich. Um, Bingo card. <laughs> putting it on. Like, on the subject of mods though, other games kinda need them. Like 
Skyrim. Think of how fun Lethal Skyrim. Uh, lethal Company. Lethal Company is, is a great example. Mod. That is so much better with mods. Oh, I yeah. agree. Because, like, the base game is fun, and I've been enjoying playing it vanilla again. Because mm -hmm. we have a friend who just, uh, just got the game. Figured, let's take them through vanilla just so they can get the idea of it. But modded uh, Lethal Company is the way to go. Also, it's so much more fun. Yeah. The fact that a game made by a single developer is outselling Call of Duty is... Stay tuned for our episode on AAA gaming. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm... We're going to get there, be, don't you worry. It's going to be the only topic next week because we're going to yeah. spend the whole show on it. Yeah. We'll yeah, talk about it a lot. Um, feelings. It's going and back Baldur's to Baldur's Gate, Gate show up again. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, that, that'll be a bingo square. Uh... As far as the game itself, one of the other one of the other big advantages that it has is um, a wealth of lore to pull from that oh, yeah. they didn't have to cultivate. They formally licensed, and the game is canon. Did you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Did you know that there was a dispute about the year Elturel fell? that arose because of the context of this game. And the official wikis have been updated to clarify that the date set in Baldur's Gate 3 is the canon is the date, date for the collapse of Alterel. Nice. Oh, I, I, I've never, I've played D&D for a very long time. And yeah. I have only done homebrews though. I think mm. I started back in like 2009. Yeah was the first time I started playing around that era, but it's always been homebrew. So I didn't huh. know a lot of these things. Oh, there's and references so to every I, official 5e campaign in this game. A mutual friend of ours uh, asked that I would download Neverwinter and play it with them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Baldur's Gate. Like, I just didn't know all these things. So when I booted up Neverwinter and I saw like Waterdeep and everything, I was like, oh, th wait, this is before... Is this all? And that's when I got under my deep dive of, oh, everything's fucking connected. There's so much. Yep. Like, I had no idea. Because, again, yeah. I've just always done things, just made up, you know, my from my friends. I've never been a DM, but my, like, my boyfriend, or my fiance, is a DM. Yeah. And he's he's great. I'll One of these days, I'll have to grab Mine one too. of his books that he has, because he's he handwrites full books it's insane and it draws the maps and the characters and the creatures and oh it's great shit but um yeah so like when we booted up neverwinter and i saw all of the areas and and, and actual Baldur's gate shit i was like oh my god there's more <laughs> like i just i genuinely had no idea yeah yep I, and that's that's the whole thing so larian's other games have been great divinity um, is such divinity. a deep universe it it is, but the problem is booting up Divinity. As somebody After who plays like, Baldur's Gate, well, even before playing Baldur's Gate, trying to get into Divinity, trying to figure out how the fuck this uh, D and D I don't want to say knockoff because that's not fair to Divinity. It's it's a competitive high fantasy tabletop RPG. Okay, yeah. That. It's like but, Pathfinder. It's like um, uh, any number of high fantasy setting TTRPGs. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's that's fair. But it plays a lot like D&D. But trying to They're figure out how they all technically D&D clones that have sets people. Everything works in that game. Yeah, and that was the my struggle. Of that game is the struggle, and then going into Baldur's Gate where you one now as a D&D player you get to see this is what Fireball looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that um, how Dwergar is pronounced? Yeah. <laughs> or oh, that's what this uh place looks like let me tell you when we when we got to a certain crypt early on in the game and tori said wait a minute i know that holy symbol isn't that jurgle yeah <laughs> redacting I, spoilers I because Wither, even, withers's yeah. identity is like a really fun journey for you as a player to explore Oh, I love my little homie withers. Oh, yeah. I actually used it as well because we were going to be starting a new D&D campaign and I mm -hmm. had an idea for a cleric, but I've never actually played as a cleric in all my other previous times. Yeah. So I booted up Baldur's Gate and started a cleric character because then I could just get more comfortable with it when we're playing sitting down at a table. And it worked great. And Patty's a lovely woman and we love her very much. Oh, Patty's great. Patty's great. Oh, she's she just she's loves you. She's a sweetheart. Oh, a real nice Midwest mom, you know. Except for, you know, I don't like to swear, but fuck Carol. She makes terrible blueberry pies. I'm going to be using, I'm going to be leveraging uh, Raphael as the big bad of my, uh, of my tabletop game. Ooh, when, I I, when I go back to DMing, my, uh, I, my, pl my table had just finished up playing uh, the Tyranny of Dragons, which is a two book adventure where you stop a cult uh, from summoning tiamat she's a very bad big evil dragon and then you deal with the aftermath tiamat. right yeah mm -hmm. you deal with tiamat and then you deal with the aftermath the that campaign reference by the way in baldur's gate is will's story of how he uh how he got his pact okay. uh the it that that's a reference to the final battle at the end of that uh at the end of that campaign well, my players told me, well, we want to we want to go to hell and see if we can kill Tiamat there. I said, okay, you guys want to go to hell? Descent into Avernus is, uh, is a great setting book. There's tons of stuff that we could work with from there. And then I was like, I'm playing Baldur's Gate the other day, and we're talking about how, um, how, how patient Raphael is. And I was like, huh, you know what? Here's a great villain. Why write my own villain when I can give additional life to an even yeah. better villain who exists in the canon? Use a different IP. I, I yeah. yeah. Well, and that's. Uh, and if you're not a D and D player, you don't have to have this knowledge. It's all buried in the game. Yeah, that's you, the best part. I, if you read every book, you read all the books and the notes. You'll learn this. every. You'll learn. You'll know more about D and D than most people I've played D and D with. You don't even have to. I have a friend who's never played D&D. She's never really interested in it. I convinced her to get this game. She's been having an amazing time. Like, it's not a game that you need to know anything else about. You're going to have fun with it. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's just, oh, I love it. It's an immersive <laughs> well, storytelling experience. Mm -hmm. They wrote the characters so well. The gameplay itself, like, even if you're not there for the story, the, the actual gameplay, like, the tactical gameplay of it. Oh, yeah. Is fantastic. The existence um, of honor mode by itself 
Yeah, because you doesn't that basically turn this into XCOM with the permadeath and everything? To an extent, yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a all back to a game yeah. we'll never talk about. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so deserved in everybody's opinion, hundred percent deserved game oh, of the year. Absolutely. I, I would have been if they were pushing Alan Wright really hard and yeah. Spy and okay. Spider Man. Hang on. I can't. I, I can't like speak we, on Spider Man. I don't own a PlayStation. I I haven't played the new one. The first one was really good. Watching all of their reactions to Baldur's oh Gate, God, oh, it was, it was I, it was delicious. I, I loved it. That, no one's even heard of that game. Mm. Yes, that, that's what I wanted to bring up now. Like, I, I think everybody here, we all, no, nobody here thinks that it didn't deserve Game of the Year. Correct. Of course not. Yes. So here's to 2024. The year of a thousand terrible Baldur's Gate clones. Oh, uh, you know, I was going to say, all. though, I think that might happen. But based off of how Witcher 3 was, we didn't get a lot of clones of it because people knew there's just no way that they were going to compete. Yeah. So uh, there's a chance that people are also going to be like, ah, that's way too much work. Well, <laughs> here's the other thing. Games like Baldur's Gate have existed before Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Like, well, his... similar with... Here's to old school Bioware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, realistically, here's to the year of the RPG. Yeah. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's a very good point. May like, we see its swift return. Yeah. God, I would love the, that. The Bring me more. Single player games. Yeah. Be surfacing again. I'd like yeah, to see more that games everybody... that can run offline. Oh, yeah. games I can just play by myself and enjoy and not. Oh, yes. Or games Bring I me can back. Play with, like, like four of my friends. Right. Yeah. Like that that's that's all I want is a good co-op game. It doesn't even have to yeah. be, I don't want to play against anyone. Yeah. One of the biggest problems we have when I am trying to play games with a lot of my friends is half of them you need a large larger lobby. Mm -hmm. And if it's only you and one or other person or two other people, it's just it's inconvenient yeah. and annoying. Like, yep. How many times we like have you and I sat there and be like, "Let's play Among Us." But you can't. It's like cuz it's can. The, yep. Because you need at least five, and you can play, play it with... online, but it sucks. I'm not Who's gonna, gonna do play that? Among Us with randoms on the internet. Oh, what are you, eleven? Me, me, and uh, me and our buddy Xander have started playing Helldivers, which is a four-player cooperative twin-stick shooter. Which a new one is coming out this year. It's now a third-person shooter for four players. That sounds That's... pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. It's super hard. The tagline is death is cheap. You huh. can definitely accidentally kill your friends with airstrikes. And I great. would like more games in the style of like Raft and Grounded and Forest and yeah. things like that. Like survival base builder style I'd games. Like a, I'd like a I'd like a light I'd like Raft light. Raft was it, too intense for me. Like, I kept like forgetting to drink water. And it was That's uh, not on rap. That's on you. <laughs> so, so you could watch the. I'll find the video. I, I there's a video clip of me somewhere, um, like having an almost panic attack over trying to manage cooking six different fish and remembering to drink water at the same time. I will say oh when God. it comes to raft, because I've played, I've got quite a few hours in it. Raft is a game that benefits with more people. It's not that's, something that's fun by yourself. Yeah, I have raft. Uh, we both have raft. We could do. I a have raft, raft too. Night. 
I would do a raft night. It, it is more, you will have a lot more fun with it. Because when you have one person managing catching all materials, one my person handling food things. My job is cook. That's yeah. all I do. I cook. And one person in charge of, of navigation and, and then the fucker that stabs the shark. Like, right. <laughs> I'm not going to do that hand motion ever again while um, we're recording. That's a special gift for the video viewers. <laughs> and a terrific transition to our introduction of the second half of the show which will be uh we call it hyper fixation hour all we'll three do this of us, to cap out the episode every single time so yes. don't worry every week <laughs> we're going to end the episode with each of us doing a short little rabbit hole on something that we are temporarily hyper fixated on because that's part of being an adult who has add or adhd and <laughs> you know what if you use it to learn something, it's not really a problem. So yeah, with that I would in agree. mind, Sammy, what's your hyperfixation for the week? Uh, it's not so much that this is something for the week, but it's something I brought up to well, you guys and you had never heard of. of the week, yeah, you, you never had heard of this, and I feel yeah. the need Hit to me. teach you guys about lips. I want to learn something. <laughs> We're going to learn about dinosaur lips. There is... um. A huge debate in the paleo, uh, paleo art world for a really long time um, on if dinosaurs had lips or not. And there were some papers that were released earlier last year that like really kind of shut it down and put it in its place that we can pretty definitively say that dinosaurs did have lips. And it's not like the kind of lips that you're thinking of, of like articulate lips like us. So it's, you're telling it's, me T-Rexes didn't hold hands and kiss under the moonlight? They couldn't. They, they No, I'm, unfortunately, they couldn't hold hands. <laughs> um, But <laughs> they, so it'd be lips like, like a monitor lizard. And the whole like thought process by like, like their, their reasoning on why is because one, the, the, the wear and tear on the teeth, because the, the people who thought they didn't have lips, their arguments were that they're going to be more similar to like crocodiles. When you look at like um like the teeth of an animal, I have a skull. The teeth of an animal that has lips, um, there's a lot like it's it's smoother and everything. And when you look at like a crocodile's tooth, I sent you a, a thing. The the wear on the outside of it from being rubbed up on things. Uh, could you send uh, it in the like other that. chat as well? I can. Yes. Thank you. And I'll it uh, it's just it's it's an image, so it helps like break mm -hmm. it down a little bit better. And yeah, the we'll pull up a visual. The Rex on the right is hilarious the to me. At home. Um, basically, the, the the wear and tear on the teeth. Um, comparing it to uh, monitor lizards versus crocodiles, T Rex's wear and tear of their teeth is more similar to that of a monitor lizard, an animal that had has lips to protect the actual teeth. The other reasoning then as well is um, on skulls, they have, I have to pull up my own camera so I can see what I'm <laughs> pointing things at, but on skulls, there's um, holes that go around the lip areas, lots of perforations. You can see it on this lower jaw uh, pretty I'm well. i the visual aid now. And um, enabling, here you go. So here's what we're, here's what we're talking about. Lips versus no lips. <laughs> and these holes are where nerve endings go through and out um, skulls like veins as well and 
because of uh, the way T-Rexes were versus monitor lizards versus crocodiles, we can we can deduce that they would have had covering lips, things like that. So when you see from now on, when you see art of dinosaurs and you can see their teeth, you will now know that's wrong. That's not right. They drew it wrong. <laughs> it's, 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 it was a very fun debate for a long time. And I'm very excited to see all of the new artwork on this. The also fun part on the one artwork that I shared, um, paleontologist commented how the dinosaur on the right, in order for its jaw to be fitted like that, yeah. it would have to be broken first. Interesting. That it, that it has a broken so jaw. To have in order all their to little teepees hanging out over the top is uh, to be is closed. Yeah, they would have had to break their jaw first. It wouldn't work. Huh. So that's my little my little fun tidbit. I have one more artwork of it that I really enjoy that shows the yeah. difference in uh, paleontology. Wrong fucking that. Shows the difference in like the artworks of it. And if one person gets at me. For either of these artworks not depicting feathers on them, I will personally fight you. Because I know. I see it too. Shut up. <laughs> That's a different rabbit hole. It's a whole different thing. I'll and I'll pull up this image as well. For the <laughs> right about home. that on a different day. This is, the, this is the image in question. It's beautiful artwork. Teefy's bad. No Teefy's good. What did they have in Land Before What did the T-Rexes have in Land Before Time? I think the Predators showed In teeth. Land Before Time, they showed teeth. In Jurassic Park, they also showed teeth. And also, the Land Before Time... First of all, Chomper, my man. Love Chomper. His parents? Fucking terrifying. Like, the way... <laughs> there was a scene where his mom... Because, like, little... They, 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 like, reconcile with Littlefoot and everything. And, and Chomper's mom licks Littlefoot. And I, I feel like as a child could smell that spit. Like, I just, for some reason, so, the way they animated it made me icky. Okay, so I, I looked it up, right? Okay. Mm. Be because now I'm curious. Because Lamb Before Time is a core memory for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There is an actual scene in Lamb Before Time where it shows, like, yes, most of the time the, the two Rexes that are Chomper's parents, you know, have their teeth bared because they're supposed to be scary. Uh, and then um, this image exists. Where, where uh, ha it has oh. lips. Oh, oh my God. I remember that. You're right. That was the, that was uh, dad. We'll pull this up. Here we go. This is. This is the cartoon. You heard it here. This is a cartoon you, you from 1990, what, 1992, 1993? Well, I... this was the big water episode. Yeah. The big water one. And I think that was yeah. one of the later movies to have come out. They have like 13 lips. movies or something now. That's incredible. Oh my god, I forgot they had a Giganotosaurus in Land Before Time. Total side note, and then we'll move on to next next rabbit hole. Yes. What's your guys' favorite dinosaur so I can judge you? Ooh. I will uh, post a photo of mine. I'm gonna be honest with you. I really like Nautiloids. I think they're super neat. We'll discuss terminology of dinosaur later, but that's a very good one. Mm -hmm. I I, I uh, consider living dinosaurs to be dinosaurs. I mean, that's fair. Alligators technically were alive at the time of dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. We're just going to grab a random um, artwork. I, I am always 
a fan of the spitting dinosaur from Jurassic Park, whose name currently escapes me. I think that one that they did was Diplodocus? Yeah. Probably. That, it's in D&D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an available uh, wild shape, and they, they're native to Chult. Therizinosaurus. I'm probably butchering that. I've heard it mis I've heard it pronounced multiple different ways over the years. But this this guy, I actually I I'm so tempted to run and grab it. My Isn't that the one from the new movie my, that I which new movie? Jura the newest Jurassic World. Isn't I don't think I've seen the newest one actually. Oh, I'm pretty sure this one shows up. These guys um, are just, I love them. They're, they they weren't carnivores or anything. They're just delightful little plant guys that would get fucking angry. Don't get near me. They were huge. They are much bigger than you are thinking that this guy is. Um, here's a photo of, just so you can see the sheer size of these guys. Big fan. Ah, why have you done this? Me? <laughs> Uh, yes, this one was in the newest Jurassic. Was World it? Movie. I haven't seen the newest one yet. Uh, that's that's on me. But well, they um, kind of make it a carnivore, which is weird. Is it, it is like weird. Hunts there are the other character? species that are similar looking to them, so you could be thinking. I, it calls it a. I'm I'm not even. Therizinosaurus. Yeah. Yeah, it calls it that, and it looks pretty much like that, but without the fluffy tail. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Anyway, sorry. That was, but, but, that yeah. was a fun little. It was a fun little tangent. And 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 tangent. Move on to next <laughs> tangent. All right, Shane. What's your rabbit hole for the week? Uh Pass. I'll be. Come back to me. We will come back. Uh, I've got something fun that uh, NASA announced right around the end of last year that didn't really I'm get a so lot of coverage. I'm so excited to hear about I, this. I, I would like to point out that all I see in our in our document is NASA space laser, and I'm oh, just saying, yeah. like, what in the Cobra Commander is okay. are you about to bring up? Okay, so NASA has been up to all sorts of really, really cool shenanigans uh, last year that didn't nearly get enough coverage. One of the things that they did was at the end of last year, they uh, successfully tested a laser communications relay that they set up uh, in orbit around Earth that can transmit data. And I pulled up the article so I can get the speeds. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Let me see. I don't think it's actually hit. Yes, at 1.2 gigabit per second. That's that's faster internet than most people have at home. Yeah, that's insane. Holy crap. And we're talking about using lasers to relay data from probes, additional missions or satellites to the relay satellite which then retransmits it, amplifies and retransmits it to the ground receiving team. And it's a two-way communication. If this scales the way, if it scales just linearly, 
which there's going to yeah. be some drop off because we're talking we even though spa space is a near vacuum not a perfect vacuum and because yeah. it's a near vacuum and gravitational lensing there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can impact especially if we're talking about like trying to use this to communicate with a probe that's as far out as let's say voyager the it could cut the communication time down to our Mar for our mars rovers 50 percent. that's i mean awesome. and there's a seven insane. minute delay to each direction uh to mars so if you send a command to the mars have you ever you ever had a bad time playing a game with like a hundred ping on a multiplayer lobby uh-huh the ping to mars is seven thousand no oh i'm sorry God. no no no. what's um is it's milliseconds what's seven minutes in milliseconds alexa what's seven minutes in milliseconds Milliseconds. So it's 420,000 ping to control the Mars rover. With laser communication, it's about three minutes each way. That's insane. Holy crap. So they already do this with radio, which I mean, moves just quickly, about... but there's a lot of things. There's a lot of like background noise in space that impacts radio communication. Laser communication is much harder is much harder to interfere with because it's just this light is, it's obviously huge for the mars rover and it just it, other distance rovers that we send out yeah. but i feel like this makes things easier as well for actually actual people in space where it gives us the opportunity to establish real near, nearer real-time communication yeah which yeah. is huge the best part about all of it is the video that they they streamed a 4k video from us like they, they they had launched a satellite with this video payload on its like on its onboard computer system um mm. in anticipation of testing it they streamed a 4k video feed from space using this laser array on the ground at gigabit speeds and the video in is a video it's got like a bunch of like test stuff on it like like color tests and stuff like that, but it's yeah. also a, it's a cat chasing a feather toy. I love that, and you can oh. watch the video on NASA's website. Oh, I'm gonna have to check that it out. Is I, I'm here for cat so videos. So cool! It is so cool. Uh, so we are we're we're NASA as and especially with the with the moon landing that they uh, the the lunar mission that they just launched. Not the the lunar landing was pushed off a full twelve uh, calendar months. Mm. Um, but we've got three boots on the moon missions planned for the next 10 years. And we just sent our first, our first mission to the moon in what is it? 10 or 15 to bury Gene Roddenberry on the fucking moon. I love that. Did you know that? I wish. That rocket that just know launched we were, has the Roddenberries we on it. Someone. They're being buried it, on the moon. Oh, no, Sammy, the Navajo no. are very upset. Are they? Yes. They consider this sacrilege. This, sacri this, this is a huge deal. They uh, they consider it sacrilegious and defacement of the moon, and they have vehemently opposed uh, NASA's decision to include space burials. And it's become such an issue that NASA has promised to um, include them in, for in in future communication or plans regarding yeah, additional space burials. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's both of oh. the Roddenberries, Arthur C. Clarke, and a very impactful NASA scientist whose name escapes me. Isn't isn't that Lander having like problems right now? 
It might be. Because I'm like 90% sure I just saw an article. Well, if Gene, Rodden, um, if Gene Roddenberry is on board, it'll be resolved by the end of the episode. So we just have to wait. Because um, I... Yeah, because this is the Peregrine Moonlander, right? Yep. Yeah, the Peregrine so, has a payload of human remains. It's ashes, but human remains. Her... Per USA Today, mm -hmm. or this article on USA Today, um, the Peregrine spacecraft designed and operated by Pittsburgh Aerospace Company um, hitched a ride above United Launch Alliance's new Vulcan rocket. Yeah, yes. the Vulcan one is the one that has 250 capsules of human ashes. Yep. So uh, Peregrine began its powering its way towards the moon. Uh, it has a problem with its propulsion system. Hmm. The, um, interesting. I wonder if they'll resolve that before they get to lunar orbit. There, I mean, they have contingency plans for things like this, so it'll it'll enter lunar orbit for a certain number of orbits for diagnostic. Well, it's it's leaking a critical amount of propellant. And well, it'll eventually get to any, the moon. It has dashed any hopes of it landing on the moon. No, 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 no. It's dashed any hopes of landing safely on the moon. <laughs> it's um, still on a lunar trajectory that I don't fair. think I think they're beyond the point Martian situation well I think it's more that they're beyond the point um, I think it, it, they're beyond the point where they need to course correct soon. it'll be an uncontrolled landing and they um, will crash land is, on the on the lunar surface I don't think they'll miss the moon though from this article it sounds like the they're about to like they're doing all they can to maintain whatever maintain course oh well, yeah because yeah. the weight and yeah because about... the loss of mass is going to impact trajectory mm. and it's apparently this thing runs on solar because it's going to lose its sun pointing ability according to the article fascinating i i don't i before any of you at me for like he didn't do his research podcast at George.tech article <laughs> like this morning on the toilet okay Legit. thank you for the details you're welcome. It was important to know. Um, huh. He does all of his best research on the John. The uh, the propellant leak is causing the thrusters to operate well beyond their expected service life cycle to keep the lander from entering an uncontrolled tumble. If the thrusters can continue to operate, we believe the spacecraft can continue in a stable sun pointing state for approximately 40 hours based on current fuel consumption. At this time, the goal is to get Peregrine as close to lunar distance as we can yeah. before it loses the ability to maintain sun-pointing position and subsequently loses power. Yep. And then once, because once it once it loses power, it's just at the behest of gravity. Yeah. And it may hit the moon, it may miss. Be hilarious I think it'd be it really missed. funny if Gene Roddenberry missed the missed moon. Missed the moon, yeah. Um, Isn't that an episode of Star Trek? I don't probably. I think there's a TNG. No, there's a TNG episode where they find an asteroid with a bunch of cryopods in it, or a floating derelict vessel with a bunch of cryopods in it, and there are a bunch of rich people who have themselves frozen until the future, and one I of them was Amelia that. Earhart. That's actually really funny. It's one of my I, favorite episodes of T. It's like one of the early seasons of Next Generation. I, I am going to be starting Star Trek soon, so. 
Great Alex show. has been insistent on it. I was always show. a Doctor Who kid. And that's e okay. The fact that we're even going back to the moon at this point is fantastic. I love oh, yeah. space exploration. Yeah. I thought, though... I wish we did a little more ocean exploration. That's a whole other... We're gonna, but we'll do an episode on the ocean. We, we'll we do can, that. <laughs> we, we can talk about ocean versus space exploration, because I think both are important. I could make a whole episode out of that easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I find it interesting that they launched that lander via Vulcan rocket. Yeah. Um, considering... Aren't Aren't they literally? Didn't they just test Artemis One, which is supposed to be the new like the, lunar rocket? So the Artemis program has been put on twelve month hold. Uh, Lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's no. It's to. Um. It's actually a uh, collaborative move, so they can work in. So they can integrate research from some of the commercial partners. Weirdly okay, so enough, they can literally bring in Blue SpaceX Origin, and... SpaceX. They are every at Virgin. Like they're all being very collaborative. Which is I, nice to see. Well, and I think that's partly because if you really think about it, they're all going for the same. They're all, and they're all space nerds. Like, yeah. you, you don't work someplace like that long if you're not a space nerd because right. being around it, space nerds, if you're not a space nerd, is fucking exhausting. I source, I'm a space nerd. Also, People don't like nerd. talking about it with me. And I, I get it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I understand. Don't work at NASA. Don't work at Blue Origin. Don't work at SpaceX. Like, um, definitely just nobody. Don't work. Everybody just don't work at SpaceX. So. Make your own SpaceX. Make Space Y. Make SpaceX plus one. With Blackjack and hookers? Yeah. I was space, um, SpaceX plus plus. I, I, I. So I, I have my I had to think of what my hyperfixation because I yeah that's okay I've been focusing on flight stuff a lot like making sure I keep my knowledge up because I have a okay. big check ride coming up here Is there anything weird going on in the aviation world right now Um uh, I mean there's always something weird going on in the aviation world Didn't something just happen with that Red Bull guy Wasn't there like an update in that guy who crashed his plane on purpose There was an oh, update in some that in that case yeah, yeah, he's going to prison. I love that. Yeah. That's terrific. Uh, if you aren't if you aren't familiar with that guy, hang on. I'm just gonna I'm fucking say his name because other aviation YouTubers do. Yeah, go for it. Um Fuck him. It's public record, he's uh, going to jail. First, uh so some context for the listeners while we pull up the details of this. There was a Red Bull stunt pilot who Intentionally he, he crashed his stunt pilot. Not, not, not a Red Bull like, pilot? Okay. He was not a Red Bull stunt pilot. Okay. The Red Bull pilots lost their license. Okay. Um, If you didn't know about that, they were going to do a swap jump. Basically, oh, they jumped yeah. out of each other's planes. And jump the into. The FAA told them, yeah. absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. <laughs> and they did it anyway. Ooh. So they lost their licenses. Got it. Um, Separate incident. Yeah, separate incident. This motherfucker, Trevor Jacob. He was an extreme sports athlete. He is now in jail for... He was jailed for six months. Uh, for deliberately crashing his plane into the mountains of California. That's not why he went to jail. He's okay. an idiot for it. The man deliberately lied to the investigators from the FAA and the NTSB. Yeah, didn't he say it was an accident? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
If you haven't seen the video, the video's hilarious. He it's like a fifth grade. Did a project. collaboration with Ridge Wallet. He had a there's a promotion for that he was doing or something. There there was a YouTube contract that had to be fulfilled, and he figured he'd do this video. With a, he, for a wallet? Look, your wallet's so well, good. Well, I can this, crash no, the my sponsorship, plane. The sponsorship I, requirements are make an episode, tell the viewers yep. the episode is sponsored by us. End of contract. Yeah, that's that's the contract. That has yeah. nothing to do with this. Okay. Yeah. That's the reason he put the video up. Yep. Because this dipshit went up with GoPros strapped to his plane, which isn't an uncommon thing for those of you who watch aviation YouTube. Mm -hmm. People do that all the time. They have GoPros in the cockpit, cockpit on the wing, create some really cool shots. Yeah. Hi, I'm on aviation YouTube. I don't actually make content, but I love it. Um. So he has this GoPros. And he is wearing a parachute. You don't do that. Yeah, why would you be wearing it if you thought everything was fine? Well, Even it's like a life plane, preserver when you're on you a boat. You don't wear a parachute in that type of plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it's not an aerobatic plane. Out of curiosity, like, how common is it for there to be a parachute in, in a cockpit? Is that just in the movies? That's not... In any plane I've ever flown in, has uh, there been just a parachute? In Bond, just in Bond movies. Got it. Mm, yeah. Heard. You're, you're basically only required to have a parachute if you're doing, like, aerobatics. Yeah. Okay. And I'm talking Crazy like, shit. Like that makes Red sense. Bull aerobatics. Right. So this guy fakes an engine failure over the mountains of California Um, and goes, oh, shit, I've lost my engine. I have to bail out. But first, let me grab my selfie stick and Christ. jump out of the plane with my parachute that I was wearing for some reason on this normal routine flight. Um, now I'm not, I'm no, I'm no pilot, but uh, I've got a question for you. When you're learning how to fly an airplane, do you learn how to handle an unexpected loss of engine power? You do. Okay, cool. You know, how, you know what you do? Uh, is it? I'm assuming it's not it grab on? your selfie stick and jump out of the airplane. It is not grab your selfie stick and jump out of the fucking airplane. You smack the console and turn it back on again. You know that would probably work better. <laughs> no, you you okay? As an actual like pilot, what you should be doing at all times while flying, and this is hard to do in the mountains, is always scanning for a safe place to land in case of an emergency. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair. Um, obviously. Again, hard to do in the mountains, yeah, but Sierra Nevada not is, undoable. Uh, Sierra Nevada means snowy teeth, like saw <laughs> teeth. That's why the um, mountain range is called that, because it looks like a saw sticking up out of the ground. But So this dude jumps out with his selfie stick, and the plane just you know, goes into the mountain and crashes. And he reports it. To the NTSB, like, oh, I had an engine failure. And they're like, okay, you have to, like, maintain the wreckage. So he went out with a helicopter at some point, because they went out to the coordinates. He's like, I don't remember where it was. They were like, okay, well, we can't find the wreckage of the plane. This man had gone out with a helicopter, picked up the wreckage, and basically, like, cut it up and distributed it in garbage bins like he was hiding a goddamn body. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is in a lot of trouble. 
Anyway, Jeez. that was not my hyperfixation. That was just oh. a weird fucking tangent. Um, I've been looking into home bowling alleys. Nice! That is true. Let's yeah. go! Wait, we're putting bowling on the bowling goddamn bingo card. Bowling has got to be on the bingo card. Bowling is a bingo space. And just so everyone knows, we're all avid bowlers. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. All of us. I'm shocked it took us this long. Yeah. <laughs> We made it an hour um, and 39 minutes without talking oh, about since bowling. Since I was a wee Shane, I have wanted a bowling alley in my house, so I have started looking into it for the inevitability of building my a house later in life. I love that. I also don't want string pin setters. Mm, because I agree. I'm they're, not a heathen. They're evil. So I have been looking into the Brunswick GSX NX, or... Uh, what the fuck is it? Is it a full it's 60 a... foot lane? Uh huh. Yeah, it's full, like, full bowling nice. alley. You can, fun fact, you can buy a bowling alley in your mm -hmm. house, two lanes, with an actual pin setter. Yeah. Like a Brunswick pin setter. Yeah. For $180,000. Yeah. And the lane machine, like the oil machines, like five grand used. Yeah. It's far too close to worth it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Like you, and the thing the thing is too is the more lanes you buy the price per lane starts going down when you're opening up a whole center it's about twenty thousand dollars a pair we yeah. almost bought a bowling alley uh three years ago there was one for sale local to us and me and alex really considered purchasing it and getting into the bowling like industry that way but ultimately decided against it just the building wasn't uh good right <laughs> oh, that's yeah. There's Kettle Moraine Bowl that just closed near us. Well, what we th well because the other thing that I loved about it is that it was still wooden lanes. It didn't have synthetic lanes. I am a sucker for my wooden lanes. Tragically, um, they are now changing the person who bought it. I love her. She's very sweet, but she is. It's easier to make. There's a reason everyone switched. Yes, she's switching to synthetic lanes this summer. It's so. easier to maintain. And newer balls uh, just move so much on wood that yeah. it's almost unplayable for modern equipment. People have problems um, with it, and yeah. It's, that's uh, why I keep a hard rubber spare ball in my bag, though. My these spare ball is hard also... rubber for when I go and I find someplace with actual wood lanes. I've got like a like a 40-year-old hard rubber ball. These lanes nice. haven't been sanded in probably 10 years, and all of, like, my oh. ball, Alex, Alex just got a new ball um, last year. I will have to send you guys a photo. It is damaged. Uh, dinged, scratched. Uh, it looks like it's been being used for 10 years now. Like, the ball yeah. looks aged. Tragic. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I have been... That's super cool. Yeah, That's I've fun. Been, I've been looking into uh, home bowling alleys and found out that the pin setter that you get is a Brunswick uh, GSNXT pin setter. You heard it here, Faust. Uh, the first hundred uh, subscribers to this podcast are invited to Shane's house building party, yes. where we're going to have a bowling tournament. Yes. Uh, nine pin tap. Uh, in Shane's all basement. on, all yeah, nine pin tap. All on Shane. Um, he'll buy ten kegs. Yep. No. Uh, Milwaukee's best. <laughs> oh. All Milwaukee's oh, best. No, we'll get beer thirty. Beer thirty. Oh um, Lord. Hams. So I was looking into this because I was like, okay, because notoriously, right? I need to clarify that. 
Yeah, that is right. super <laughs> a joke. Um, I had to look into it because I remember, you know, being a kid bowling and calling the maintenance guy that like going up to the counter like, hey, there's something wrong with the pin setter. <laughs> and the maintenance guy had to go out there and like work on the pin setter. And I, I work down, on them like, now. They're lanes. still a pain in the ass. Yeah. I, well, I work at the I help the bowling alley now and I are have you... to run back there and fix all but we have the um AMF lanes and they are such a pain in the ass. Have you, you ever tried working you... on the old machines from the sixties? That's what I worked on in college. Well that's the thing. Are you working on the old rotating drum lanes or like the new ones with the like conveyor? Rotating drum. Okay. Those are the See, worst. This one has like a this one has like a it's like a pick lift system. Yeah. That would be nice. Fancy. Ooh. Yeah, the like, rotating if you watch drums that video, you can that's like the newest Oh, it's spooky. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. They they very specifically in the video I sent you guys mm -hmm. uh mention the fact that, you know, uh Pin setters notoriously kill people. Oh, I've got uh, we, a funny the, story for you about my second day working at the bowling alley. The owner of the bowling alley, uh, I think it was four days after she bought the place, she had longer hair like mine. She cut it now to shoulder length because her hair got stuck in one of the machine parts. And she, thankfully, her son was there and able to turn the machine off right away. But if she was alone, she easily, like, there are horror stories of people being decapitated. Yeah. Oh, I love this. You can have it, you can have it set your spare back up for you. That's amazing. Yeah. That would be nice. The place it's where I work does it like where everybody else does, where the mechanic goes back behind go the back lane, there. sets the machine <laughs> and knocks them all over with a big fucking stick. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you have to go under it at all, that, that the tray, that that's not safe. It can kill you. This one has a, like an easy, like you have to put like a hydraulic jack on the lane to make sure you don't die. So here's my funny story about pin setter machines yes. to cap the episode off. When I was 14, there were three jobs you could get in my town at 14. You could um, be a, uh, like a coach at the boys and girls club coaching like kiddo soccer. You could work at the grocery store doing carts, or you could work at the bowling alley. And I worked at the bowling alley. And on my second day of work, well, I was, should start this off with, I was a very small child. Like, I, at this time, I was not even four foot ten, and I must have weighed 75 pounds, so dripping wet. I was a very small, frail individual. I was not what you would call cool or athletic or had a lot of friends in high school. <laughs> but I had a job at the bowling alley. And on my second day of work, uh, some kid had got their six-pound ball. Was uh, You've seen this a thousand times if you've ever worked stuck. or been to a bowling alley. It's yeah. just sitting up against they the pocket. They don't go back. Yeah. 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 It just it didn't move fast enough to tell the laser that a ball has crossed its path. So the guy at the desk, who at the time must have been... 16 17 years old told me, to go get yeah. the ball i said okay anything i gotta know he said no just go shove it into one of the gutters and then you know cycle the lane said, okay no problem so i go over and i crawl under the machine because he oh. didn't tell me that there's a power switch in the front oh the sweep comes down oh the sweep pins me down to the lane <laughs> I learned a couple of things that day. The rack has a pressure sensor. 
If the rack encounters more than one pound of resistance, the rack goes back up. That's how we keep oh, from. Good. That's how they, because if it if it doesn't, a pin being slightly out of place, it could just push the pin. Through yeah, the, jam just, the pin. That uh, makes yeah, sense. just the like lane. basically just punch it through the lane like a hole punch. Uh the sweep technically has a fail safe, but the sweep is calibrated to be able to push a whole rack of pins and three sixteen pound bowling balls. Yeah. I did but, not uh, weigh that much. The guy at the desk was laughing his ass off. I, I, I would have. Same. Because in his mind, how could I possibly be so stupid that I wouldn't turn the lane off before going underneath it? I learned so many things that day. Where is the laser that trips the pin, that trips the pin sweep? Where is the power button for the lane machine? What are the tolerances for the lane machine's pressure sensors? And that I probably should have filed an incident report. <laughs> probably beat the shit out of the guy at the counter. He was bigger than me. I. It was I'm my second day of work ever. I mean, fair. But like, man, if you ever run into that guy in the streets again, like, please just oh, I see. Oh, please, I I see him when I go bowling with my parents. He runs the brackets. <laughs> we're very good. Hey, we're Jimmy. we're still very close. He's a terrific dude, Dave. We're cool. <laughs> we're cool. We're fine. Man. Don't worry about it. We're Dave. cool. I because I know he tells that story too. <laughs> you want to see? You want to hear about the dumbest thing I've ever seen at my job? <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear about the time when Jason was an idiot? Oh, yeah, it's terrific. Absolutely terrific. And uh, I think that's about going to wrap us up for this week. I think uh, that's a good end. That's a good, yeah. We'll, we'll try to end on a, we'll try to end on, on funny stories like that when we can. Uh, thanks. Thank you guys for being here with me. Appreciate uh, both of you uh, sharing. Lovely time. Looking forward to doing more of these. And thank you, listeners. Uh, hoping to see or for you to hear us again soon. Right now, the show is brought to you by us. We have no sponsors. We have no agenda. Eat the rich. Uh, I don't know. If we ever have merch and you're listening to a playback of this at a time where we have merch, buy our merch. And if, if you're if not... And if yeah. we have a sponsor who's brought to you by boy howdy you should buy that product yeah whoever yeah, spo yeah, whoever's <laughs> sponsoring us we love them we've been using them forever and we think they're terrific and you can use oh, this yeah. you can no, cite this episode as proof is, that we've been using sponsor name here forever I was about to say insert corporate entity here <laughs> All right, we Shane, love the company what do you want we to wrap up with what's your final what's your final thought You killed him. Um, don't crawl under pin setters. And uh, remember, um, GameStop is evil. Yep. That's Anything good, you want to plug? Good. Any shameless plugs? Uh oh. Um, go follow Spartan Boomer and wish him a happy birthday. Spartan oh, Boomer nice. on Twitch. Spartan yep. Boomer. Tell him a happy birthday Just from everyone tell him, at tell him happy birthday and also that you want to see him drink spicy soda. Yes. From and everyone Malort. at Internet Fried Brains. He I, wants I, to try Malort so bad. Oh I cannot yeah. I cannot stress enough. I also stream, but I haven't streamed in months. If you want to go check out the Lord Sedge Twitch channel, I might be back eventually. We'll see. Excellent. Sammy? 
Uh, you can follow me at CyberDizzy. I have a TikTok. Um, and then on my TikTok, there is a link tree where you can find my Etsy shop. I sell D&D dice and other like nerdy jewelry, things like that. And I am starting to sell bar dice as well. Ooh. So keep an eye out for that stuff. Excellent. And I am Jort. Check out more uh, from us at jorts.tech, as well as the YouTube channel where we will be posting this, assuming Internet Fried Brain's YouTube handle is available. I'm and sure. uh, again, videos of the podcast will be posted to YouTube, hopefully Spotify and jorts.tech slash podcasts. And as always, any ideas, criticisms, heckles, suggestions, or love can be emailed directly to us at podcast at jorts.tech. Thanks again. Really like your, if we really like your heckle and or criticism, you too may get read out on air. Excellent. Thank Beautiful. you so much, guys. We'll see you next see week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>